What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, family? How y'all doing? Hopefully you're doing good. I can't hear you right now, but I'm going to assume that you're as godly as I am. So it's been about a week or two since I talked to you all, and you know how I feel when I'm that far away for that long. So I'm crying if you can't see. But this is Grand Bois, the Nicole, here at World Stop With. My co-host is not here with me today, but she'll be back soon. You guys will be hearing from her. I'm very, very, very sure. So what I'm going to do today... I have a special guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I'm not even going to tell you what we're talking about yet. You're going to have to wait until I get done doing what's in the stars. I think we might have even skipped it last week or we just did something really quick. But the good thing about those damn stars and those damn planets is they do whatever they want regardless. So I'm going to give you all a rundown of the energy that's going on right now and how that may affect you. All right, so this is, remember, this is Western astrology we're talking about. This isn't uh, Vedic astrology, which would be vastly different. You'll have to get a whole different type of uh, energetic reading from that. I think it's based on the points where you are on the planet. So um, if you get into that, and I think Vedic astrology is really, really, really cool. I just don't know how to do it yet. So until then, we're going to stick with the Western. So actually... Me being a Sagittarius, this has been affecting me a lot lately. We have Mars in Sagittarius. Mars is a very fiery planet already. It's all about war and agitation and movement. Uh, the more positive polarities of it is, is action, uh, making things happen. You know, you need fire and combustion for your car to start, right? So you have Mars and you put it in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the most mature fire sign that there is on the zodiac so this can go one of two ways it can go really 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 haywire and you could be burning things down or it can go really well and it can incite you to begin your uh long-term goals to get things started or to further propel them that's something you definitely want to harness positively just know what the energy is and be able to see it when it happens or when you're feeling it, when you're experiencing it, and turn it into something positive for yourself, okay? We talk about alchemy here all the time. Something else we have going on, Saturn will be in Capricorn for years. I'm just going to keep bringing that up. For those that were born in between the years of, I want to say, 88 and 91, or maybe mid-92, you might have to check your chart and see. You want to... um. Just be vigilant and make sure that you're make sure that you're on your make sure you're on your shit. Make sure your structure is together. Make sure your business is handled. Make sure you know your your checkbook is balanced and you got your shoelaces tied. Things can be a little trying for you over the next two or three years, but don't be discouraged. Please don't. Lastly, now this is a doozy. We have Neptune in Pisces. Neptune is already the planet of dreams and illusion, and Pisces is the sign of dreams and illusion. So beware, okay? I'll just leave it at that. Beware. Pay attention to everything and make sure you take notes and remember for later, because a lot of things that may happen now or seem to happen now, it could be illusionary, okay? So just pay attention and don't try not to react too much, especially with that Mars and Sagittarius. Don't let your passion carry you away. All right, so that's what's in the stars today at World Stop Web. Now, without any further ado, I'm going to enter. I'm going to uh, bring on a guest that I have been waiting to get here for quite some time. Actually, I came across his books a few years back. We'll get into the story. It's a whole crazy story. I might have even mentioned it on air before, but I got into some of his literature a while back, and it was extremely transformative for me. Um, you could even say that it assisted in making sure that this show came into fruition. I don't think 
I would have had the thirst and the hunger to go after information the way I did had I not been exposed. So I want to introduce you all to the illustrious Amin Ma'at Ra, the author of, I'm going to let him introduce all that. I'm not even going to do that. I think I've done enough talking. How you doing, brother? Doing well, and I'd like to thank you for bringing me on your platform. I would like to thank you for coming. We've been trying to hook this up for a minute. We had I had to make sure that it happened because what those books meant to me... It's just absolutely all I So tell the people just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your inspiration, what type of books you, you uh, create, and just, just give them a general feel for you. Okay. Um, I'm Ohio born and raised. I'm here local in Dayton, Ohio. Whoop, whoop. So um, coming out of high school, I was always fascinated with the arts. So I started out as an arts major. Believe it or not, I went to Sinclair for several years. Oh, wow. And kept changing majors. What high school did you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Colonel White. I'll I'm dating myself. I went to Meadowdale. Oh, God. <laughs> I went to Meadowdale, ironically. If that, you should have stayed. Was my you should have stayed. That's where all my friends were at Meadowdale on my block. Yeah, we're cool. The Lions are cool. Right, the Lions are the Cougars. Shout out. So from there, you know, I was... I just felt unsatisfied with what I was receiving from college. I didn't mm -hmm. feel I was getting correct information. I didn't think the information was thorough. I didn't think it was rigorous. And I thought the information was biased towards one culture. And it, and it left everybody that didn't visually look like that culture out to dry. Mm. So, you know, after the second year of that and debates with the professors, I just started to do my own research. He was getting the professors together. We were going at it. Period. You got to. Respectfully. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And especially if you can't validate the sources. Yeah. So, so I can't see myself spending, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars for educators that aren't, quite frankly, in most instances, qualified to teach. Yeah. Especially all that time and energy that goes into college. It was very similar for me. I was just telling my mom the other day, I've never been in a classroom where I felt like I didn't know what was going on. But college, I just couldn't stomach it. It was just unfulfilling. So I definitely understand that. Tell us a little bit more about you. So after that, um, a lot of hard work, research, believe it or not, um, I studied with our Moorish brothers. Mm. I went through the Moorish phase. I went through everything. I studied Islam, Judaism. I went through all those phases. And then when I finally got through that phase, um, it put me in a position where I wanted a deeper knowledge and something beyond the traditional Abrahamic faiths, mm. what Islam had to pro uh, provide, Christianity, Judaism, even uh, the Moorish information. Yeah. So the minute I put that down, you know, the old aphorism, you know, you know, as a child you play with toys, but mm -hmm. you know, when it comes time to grow up, you, you got to put the toys. Put those childish things away. That. So when I put that down, Kemet became my focus, mm -hmm. and that ran me into, after um, writing several books, it caught the attention of the research team called the Amin Ra Squad. Those guys, heard of them. I know you all have, too, if you haven't checked them out. You can just type it in on YouTube. I think once you type in Amin Ra S, it'll come up, I'm quite certain. You got the Amin Ra Squad, and I'm up under uh, Ankh the God Killer's uh, specific research team, the, the Mazi Warrior Clan. And we're going to put links to everything you guys need with the uh, information. So don't worry. You, if you can't go look for it, we'll provide it for you. Don't worry about that. So I wanted to ask you a question just in lieu of what you said. So one thing that I um, have noticed is a lot of people tend to spiritually get stuck. You know, we start to learn information. And for one reason or another, we get comfortable with breaking out of one mold and sort of meshing into another one. Um, what... What separated you from that? I know what sort of um, pulled me out of that mud, if you will, but what was that 
that moment or that instance for you? I think when I started, even um, within the realm of studying uh, the comedic spiritual system, mm -hmm. the groups got old and stale and they were just regurgitating the same old information. And you know, the books were old, outdated, mm -hmm. new technology, new information has come to surface. And they're still holding on what was written in the 90s, what was written, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, and the environment, the culture got just boring and stagnant. So I started looking towards and looking for primary sources and actual scholars and people initiated into the systems I was studying that were from the continent so I could get a, a more pure, uncut feel of what was going on. Oh, yeah. And compare it with my experience mm -hmm. in America. Yeah. Because I am an American. Yeah, and that's that's really, really, really important to be able to get those those resources that are more primary. I think a lot of times, especially over here, we forget you can read the most important book of your life. At the end of the day, that's still gonna be a secondhand source because you're reading it from someone who wrote it, and then that person who wrote it got information from various other places that they interpreted to write. So at the end of the day, you know, you always wanna shoot for making sure your sources are primary. So that's important. That was gonna lead into the next question I was gonna ask you because I know your, your literature, which we'll talk about very, very, very soon, has a lot of very in-depth research in it. And um, I think research is something Research is something that's so uber important nowadays because it's so easy to drop the ball on that. The technology makes everything so easy, but at the same time, it makes it so damn hard. So what is, um, I know for me, a good research tactic, just to give you an example, is I like to search for the opposing argument that I have. I like to look for proof against my own point. And then if I can sway myself, it is what it is. If I can't, it ain't what it ain't, right. you know. But that's because I I feel I'm a very um, balanced person. It's really easy for me to be like, oh, that makes sense. Everybody's not that way, you know. So I obviously wouldn't recommend that uh, specific mode to everyone, but that's just something that I personally do. Are there any, like, research hacks, so to speak, that you have? Because you're a very, very, very learned man. Because um, I think the the biggest problem we have is like what we call lookership. Is like you know, yeah. see this tendency like people to get a hold of a meme, they'll get an image. There's no source documented. There's there's no real detailed information, and a whole concept and ideology is promoted on a meme, and you have people then based off of that meme literally doing small YouTube videos mm -hmm. and you have people promoting all of these wild ideas from you know the ancients we go to pre-colonial Africa and you have people teaching that traditional pre-colonial Africans actually believed in a flat earth and nowhere <laughs> in a traditional pre-colonial African language before Abrahamic faith you find no words in the African language yeah. that even give you notions of a flat but earth. But they seen that picture and next thing you know Egyptians said the earth was flat right. just because somebody seen a flat ass picture. Right. A two dimensional depiction. <laughs> like, come on, y'all. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And see stuff like that. Stuff like that is really dangerous. You definitely want to stay away from things like that. That can cause what well, it does cause. I can't even say can cause. It does cause a lot of issues. There's a lot of dissonance information wise in, in the circuit that we have. But luckily now we have um, that te that same technology can be used in a much better way if we just understand the science of making sure we get to the bottom of things. And sometimes that means, especially in regards to spirituality, African-based spirituality, that's going to mean going to the continent or knowing someone that is there or having some form of wisdom that you can reach across the ocean and, and be able to get it authentically because so much over here is 
It's watered down. Yeah, watered down, mixed up, bleached. Oh, it's just, I don't even think we the same flavor no more at this point. It, it's, it's crazy because I've met people who claim to be Bible Laos, mm -hmm. and then when you press the basis of their knowledge in Yoruba, they switch up and give you the Kabbalah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, um, those two. <laughs> yeah. These are two different disciplines. It starts, yeah, it starts getting <laughs> sticky. Now, me, I'm sure, as you know, I, um, I am an occultist, and I do have an affinity for, for metaphysics and different African spirituality systems and things like that. I, I'm a conglomerate, I guess you could say. Um, I think the difference between me and a lot of people who uh, thump the information is I, I want everything to make sense from every point of view. I want if I'm applying Kabbalah knowledge to something, it also has to make sense from the Yoruba point of view. Because I've always been a big uh, proponent of, if it doesn't make sense from every level, then it doesn't make sense at all. If it's not true on every level, if it's only true on one level, then it's not true. You know, anything that's really true is gonna be true no matter how you look at it, the way I see it. So that causes an issue in that, um, like I said, everybody may not be that partial, may not be able to step back and be like, okay, well, the Kabbalah says this, but it's not mentioned in any of this, so it's trash. You know, everybody's not going to do that. Some people are just going to be like, well, hell, they probably stole it. You know, people come up with all types of shit to validate their thoughts. But True indeed. Yeah, so I also wanted to um, talk about, in specific, the Roman Illusion series. So this show is geared a lot towards, now we're building a, a, a big base of people who are breaking free from... Abrahamic religions, starting to understand that a lot of the things that they've been indoctrinated to believe are true as children and beyond is not necessarily true. Um, there is the, a big social uh, revolution, I guess you could say, where people are coming to this conclusion kind of all together at the same time. Um, your books, though, they are really informative. And one thing I always push is you have to understand historical context when it comes to discussing religion, especially when you talk in 325 AD and all of that right. stuff, if you don't understand the context of the society that we're talking about at that time, you don't really understand the religion or the spirituality of the people. You know, so let's, I wanna get into those particular books and maybe drop one or two. I don't wanna, you know, they right. can't, y'all can't get any spoilers for the book because you have to go purchase it straight from Amazon. But, maybe one or two little spoilers. I know I mentioned 325 AD. Um, we all know that's the Council of Nicaea. Basically, Jesus was created there. Jesus, the character, Iusus, or you know, whatever they may have been calling him at the time. I don't know, I don't speak that. But where, um, because I like to drop nuggets for people, what is another good era or situation to look into just to make things make more sense for those that are breaking free from those chains because it can be difficult you a lot of people move from christianity onto islam and then they're there for the rest of their lives you know if you had to help somebody completely eradicate the mindset where would you take it conversationally um always like our traditional um authors like far as like a book recommendation like she kind of joke. Mm -hmm. um, I like all of our classical, uh, uh, even though it's older, Dr. Ben, so you get a sense of African continuity and what pre-colonial Africa was prior toward Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and their ethic. And then some of it is as simple as looking at the parent language. 
like say like if we want to look at um, Islam, mm -hmm. for example, or even Jesus, we'll look at his name. So we take one step, we go to the Hebrew, uh, it's Yeshua, mm -hmm. something to that line. But Everybody's when we look favorite. At, right, but the classical language, when we look at uh, Christianity, we would say it's Syriac. So oh, see, I haven't heard that one before. Churches is, is, is the Syriac church. So see, oh. th this is a denial. Like when you hear Christians talk in liturgical languages, mm -hmm. this, for the most part, in the consciousness community, you see, you see Judaism introduced the language Islam, but we never talk about Syriac. Mm -hmm. So when we get into the older accounts of the Bible and we, we take the terms that were used to create, say, like some of your famous terms in Islam. So we have the word, hmm, what's a good word? Muhammad. Mm -hmm. When we look at the root of the name Muhammad, we can go to the Syriac and we, we see the word, the root where it comes from, Muhammad. Now, if we go to the Peshetta, your older Syriac Christian Texas, mm -hmm. you'll see that the word Muhammad is derived from a Syriac term, which means a believer, a faithful, devout follower of Jesus. Oh, wow. And you know what? A lot of my Islam friends, they talk about how Islam in a weird way does honor Jesus. It has its rights, its, its, its foundations, its roots, even linguistically. You just see older liturgical Syriac terms transformed and molded into the everyday conversation and Islam, and when you start looking at the roots of some of these terms, it becomes quite evident. As you do, even if you look at the name Jesus, if you go mm -hmm. to the name Jesus in Syriac, again we take a step back. You have the Yahshua, mm -hmm. but in Syriac, you know what it breaks down. And I showed it in my book, and I show you what it looks like drawn. It, you know what they have for Jesus? Issue. Mm -hmm. Issue. Whoa! To all my Yoruba people out there, when you go to the, your older interpretations in the name of Yahshua or the one you call Jesus the Christ wow. in Syriac you get a rendering that looks like Yeshu. Wow that makes me think of something else you said in one of your books um, the term uh, in Islam Allah Akbar um, that it basically had derived the 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 word summit had derived from the name and this is very common in those cultures apparently especially now in retrospect that it had derived actually from the name of a previously used deity and they were basically using that name sort of the same way the Christians do now when they end their uh, prayers in Amen exactly and they do the same thing in Islam I believe it was I believe it was Eshu Akbar or it was something that um, I would definitely need to look over it again as soon as I get home. Because, you know, they have to say amen because when Alexander the Great, when he came into ancient Egypt, the first thing he wanted to enact, once he realized the richness of the culture, if, even if you look at the coins he minted, mm -hmm. originally he started minting coins because he was selling to the priesthood that he was a living embodiment of Amun. He was Amun and Ra. He was an embodiment of the sun. He was Amun, Ra, and, and all of his descendants. <laughs> so he, you would literally see coins minted with Alexander the Great, with the traditional ram's horns and everything that you see on these Dodge I've trucks. I've seen those. I've seen those coins. Wow. You know what? It's, it, see, it's always something. I think you actually just accidentally won an argument from me. There was I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago, and I told him that Islam has a lot of its roots. I wasn't aware that it was, you know, those particular ones, but a lot of its roots come from Christianity. And he was just, you know, dead set against it. Once he listens to this, I want my money. I just want to point that out. I want my money because you lost. Tevin, Cameron, thank you. You can go to your older tape, the Peshetta Bible. So yeah. that the Peshetta is written in Syriac. 
Mm, and see, I had never even heard of Syriac. So that's something that's really big for me. And I always thought, you know, that I was looking very thoroughly into how to understand ancient cultures. I know that Hebrew, um, if you want to understand Hebrew, you probably want to look at Aramaic as well because it comes from that. You know, I, I, I have it at that depth. I can't speak Aramaic or Hebrew, but I can decode it if I need to. If I get stuck in a damn um, closed pyramid or something and I got to do like an ancient spell to get out, I'll figure it out. But that's really intense to me. It's a lot of, and that's just, it's just so much you have to know. And that's what's important about this literature that you have. I feel like if we can get this out to as many people as possible, we can have some real conversations with people who have real information and we can really figure some shit out. And build. And yeah, and build for real. And you know, be able to do it and 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 mean it. I think there's a, a very strong spiritual undertone to the books as well that is based on humility and togetherness and everything that I perceive the ancient cultures to really um just really make sure that we understand is important. I find that it's echoed properly in the books. More so it resonates with me more so than listening to somebody talk about, you know. Uh, this is what these structures mean. And you know, all of that stuff that you can go find on YouTube. It, it, right. Something it's about this literature was just very, ding, that's what it is. I knew it. And the story behind it, okay, so I don't I don't know if I told you guys on the show before, but if not, there are new listeners. I don't think I told you either. So this was, this is how I found your books. It was 2016. I had a, uh, apparently I had a warrant for like a year <laughs> that I didn't know about, and they got me. And I was in uh, Greene County here in Ohio, and I met out of, I think it was 100 people in the pod, and maybe seven of us were black. So you know how that goes. We come together. Regardless, we come together. And one of the brothers, he had, he had been in there for a little while, maybe uh, two or three months at that point. And he was able to work out a deal where his girlfriend gave his personal books to the librarian who would then come every week to bring us books. And she would bring his books and of course he would retrieve them and everything and keep them. And we, the books that he had were yours. He had, um, I wanna say he had the volume one and two of the Roman Illusion, but actually, no, I think he just had volume one and he had the Illumination volume one as well. And, um, we sat, I think it was my first night, I heard him and somebody else talking through through the bars, and I couldn't let the conversation go. I'm like, oh, y'all talking my lingo today. We, we chit-chat, let's talk about Kimmy, let's talk in front of these white folks, right. uh, fuck them. Right. We yeah, gotta talk, right. this is important. So obviously, you know, that built a, a bond, a brotherhood between all of us, but once I started really getting into the books, about two or three weeks in, um, I noticed that Meditatively speaking, spiritually speaking, I had become a lot more serene, calm, pure, if you will. There was no TV, there was no junk food, there was um, not very much distraction. There was meditation, there was reading, there was chess, there was walking around in a big ass circle, you know, which, which sucks to the conscious mind, but what it did to me spiritually was transformative. And then I had your books at the same time. So one of my spiritual gifts is I'm able to um, 
channel information. I'm the type of person, if you tell me a little bit about something, I start getting channels about the information and now we can have a full-blown conversation. And what I like about it is, because that can be dangerous too, anybody can make up information and they hear it, right? What I like about it is spirit guides me to the information tangibly uh, throughout life, you know? So I may get channels about something and then boom, I, I find a book about it the next day. And boom, I meet somebody who works in the field. And it's just like, okay, so I what I thought that. I knew, whew, now I know I know, you know, sort of thing. So when I had those books, I'm reading. Now, mind you, I'm in jail. There's, there's no real outside stimulation going on. I'm reading and I'm getting these channels and somehow, some way, I'm still able to validate the information to myself, even from within those walls. And I'm like, this must be powerful stuff because I'm not on the outs, as they call it, where I can run into somebody who knows similar things that I know. The fact that I can read this book and we're talking about how Thuban was the uh, the original Northern Star um, in the times of ancient Kemet sort of situation. Then somebody gets booked and comes in the next day and his name is Thuban. Wow. Or some sh you know, stuff like that. It's wow. just like, oh, this is this is the real deal. So when I finally, because those were his books and it's embarrassing to say, but after I left, I don't know why, but I completely forgot everybody's name. I forgot his name. I forgot your name. I forgot everybody I was in there with. And I'm wrecking my brain. Like, I can't remember the author's name. I think I put Ra Ma'at Amen. I, I put it in, I'm sure, every wrong combination. And I finally found it. I clicked on your page on Facebook, and I seen the Roman Illusions. I'm like, yep, that's it. Add. And I think I immediately sent you a message because that was like, really big to me so i definitely want to thank you again for being here because you did that for me my platform is so that i can spread my finite spiritual knowledge as i grow my platform grows you know the things that i've experienced i want others to at least be able to hear about it and be able to detect that within their own lives so hopefully this story and this this how i'm able to actually sit here and speak to the man can let you all know that like it's the real deal you can really get out here and do this because i'm literally i, I feel like something like a groupie like a, <laughs> i appreciate the kind words i do because i mean i can't wait for the things that you have going on in the future i know there's something coming i can sense it Wh whatever you have coming i'm going to be waiting for it so you know i go to egypt every year and I can't wait to go back this year because now I'm going to be like touching shit and trying to see if it's plaster or whatnot. After that conversation we just had off air, oh, y'all missed the juicy stuff. For real, for real, we keeping it nice and cute for y'all on the show today. So I want to thank you once more for coming. I wish my co-host was here because she wanted to meet with you. She had a lot of questions. She didn't actually get to read your literature. So she would have had, um, I'm sure, all manners of questions for you but I know when we have you back that she'll be able to whatever she wants to ask you I can ask you or she can ask you whatever the case may be actually we may even hook up off here um I want to do like videos and things okay, too I know we had talked about that so we'll we'll get to that but this has been world stop web and I just want to okay so before I go wait before I go can you give everybody your contact information, how they can find you, how they can get your literature, all of that? Because we need them to go do that today. Okay, I'm on. Um, the easiest way to get to me is on Facebook. I'm at Amen, A-M-E-N, Ma'at, M-A-A-T, dash, R-A. So that's Amen Ma'at Ra. 
And if you want to purchase my works, I'm on Amazon.com. You can type in The Roman Illusion, and um, it's a three-volume series. And I also have The Amon Ra Illumination, and volume two should be out next winter. Oh, yeah. Now, see, The Illumination, that was my favorite one. I damn near wanted to steal that one from him. I was getting nuggets out of that. It's still stuff I think back like, oh, you know what? That was in the book, too. Like, damn, that's crazy. I'm living it now, and I read it two years ago. Yeah, stuff I like it since. See? Uh, now, I see, it two I'm, months ago. I can't wait. I can't wait. Stuff like that. I absolutely can't wait. So I want to thank you again for coming to World Stop Web. I am Grand Bois the Nicole. This has been great. I'm so excited to have you here for the first time, the first of many, hopefully. And, um... This was great. Thanks, guys. See you. Stop. Carry on.